Hey, thank you for listening to Think with Sarav. I gave this sermon at a local church in Mississippi, Starkville. In this sermon, I talk about three prayers that Moses prayed and how can we pray the same prayers to grow in our spiritual lives. If you want to listen to more sermons, I would encourage you to go to Discover Crosspoint Podcast. There, Pastor Scott does a great job of teaching and preaching the Word of God. Now, let's go ahead and listen to the three prayers Moses prayed in the sermon. Today, I want to share with you a story before we get in, into the Word, and the story is related to the, the Word of God today. But So when I was young in my faith, about 12 years ago, I think, my mentor at the time, he was teaching me, bringing me up in the faith. Uh, whoever you were here last time, you heard my story. I was saved in Nepal. God, miraculously, through, uh, the, through His providence and through my grandmother bringing the Bible, that's how I was, I was saved. But later in the years, I grew up in faith, uh, and one of my mentors at the time, he, he was a passionate preacher. He still is. And he would go on different mission fields, and he, he started inviting me to those mission fields. They were not organized by the church. He, would just, he, just, he had no jobs at the time, so he would just say, let's go, Sarab, let's, let's go uh, to this place, and we would go just by ourselves, just two of us. And one time he decided to go for a week-long mission field. So it was going to be a week long, and then we just, and uh, it was like a couple hours, I think two, three hours away from the place where we lived. And uh, when we got dropped off from the, from the public transportation, uh, I realized that we didn't have enough money. So there was no money. And I asked him, so do we have anything to eat? It's like, yeah, 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 well, sort of. And then he said, all right, tell me more about that, <laughs> because I am, that was 12 years ago again, mind you, I'm like young man. I just, it was my vacation time, my school were, schools were off for a month or something like that. And uh, that afternoon he said, all right, well, we don't have enough money and nothing to eat. Also, let me tell you this, nowhere to live. And I said, all right, all right, okay, this is getting excited. <laughs> let me turn this, I forgot. That's getting excited. And then he quotes me from the book of Matthew, chapter 6, 26. And you know what that is? It's, it's, it's the verse where Jesus said, Consider the birds in the sky. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Aren't you worth more than they? And he, quote, he quoted me. I remember vividly, he quoted me this. And I went, huh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. That's good. All right. So it's just gonna we have just gonna have to have faith in God. That's all. There's no actual thing to eat. And he, he quoted that and he he went on like nothing was the matter. And I was I kept thinking, Lord, are you gonna have to either take me out of this place, <laughs> transport me, teleport me from this place, because I am with this lunatic with things God, you're gonna provide like birds. And that was my thought process. I'm a young man. And Suddenly, I, I, I thought, huh, I, I'm just going to die, probably starve, and my family isn't, isn't going to know because they don't know where I am. My sister, I was living with my sister, and I, had, I think I told my sister I was going on a, some sort of vacation. I didn't tell her that I was going for the mission field because she was not a Christian, and she would not let me go on the mission fields. And so I told her, and then I was thinking to myself, I don't know what's going to happen next. And But what's the interesting thing is within... 
couple hours, we got dropped off and we walk, we preach the gospel to everybody we meet. We're handing out the tracts. We're saying, hey, have you heard of Jesus? Have you heard of Jesus? Me too. That's why I'm here without food. But have you heard of Jesus? <laughs> Let me. So in a couple hours, we, we're doing this. Now it's time to eat. It's afternoon. It's time for lunch. And a woman, a, a very old in age lady approaches us. And she said, are you guys hungry? Do you want to eat? And then my, I, I, they were speaking in their own language, my mentor and herself. And uh, we have many, many dialects. So I have my own language. He had his own language. But I heard food. And, and he, said, <laughs> he said, yes, 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 we'd love to eat. And then we go in there to eat. And she lays out a feast. And she lays out like, I think, two, three kinds of meat. And we have other bread and flattened rice. And then we ate. Uh, and we, we, we ate. I ate. I was so amazed. And I realized God was at work. And then God provided that lunch for us that day. And then the dinner in the evening. And a local pastor approaches us. And he said, do you guys want to stay at this place we have? And then we have a place to live for the next seven days. So I remember we labored seven days. We went different places. We walked. We never had, we never lacked in food or a place to stay or the people around us. They loved us so much. They gave, they, they kept coming. And these, this cannot be anything other than God's providence, right? We didn't plan for anything. But that mentor, I thought he was a lunatic, was a man of faith. And his faith was so impressive. For the next several years, I would learn from him. I would walk with him. And I learned to trust in God. So that week, about 13 people accepted Jesus to be their Lord and Savior. It's a Hindu country. It's a dangerous country. You do that now, they'll probably kill you. If you do that the way we did it uh, eight years, I mean, about 12 years ago. So that was the day I learned to depend on God. That was the day I sort of started to have faith in God. Man, trusting God really, really pays out. And today we, we're going to learn from Moses, from the book of Exodus, how he had to learn to trust and depend on God despite the rebelliousness of his, uh, his people he brought out of Egypt. So, and I would like to take us through, if you guys, if you want to turn to Exodus chapter 33, Verse 12 to 23, that's where we'll study from, that passes. And I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to read that to you all. And, and look at this. The backstory of this particular passage is this. Uh, Moses has, has gone up to the Mount Sinai, and God is about to give him Ten Commandments and two tablets of stones, and he's going to write Ten Commandments, and then he's going to come down and show it to the Israelites and Israelite to, to Israelite to live in a specific and right order of worship. God has that plan, and Moses has that plan. But when he comes down, he realizes that the Israelites are worshiping a golden calf. And they are, they're dancing and singing. And God said, Moses, go down, look at the people, how they're rebelling. And then he comes down to see Aaron leading up, leading this, 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 this rebellious, rebelliousness against God. And then God says to him, look at this people. Look at this people, what they've done. They have, I brought them out of Egypt 
I fed them. I did miraculous sign, the plagues and all that. I rescued them. And this is how they treat me. This is how they worship me by saying, we don't know what happened to Moses who's gone up. We don't know. Now we need a, we need a God to lead us. So Aaron, make us a God. So that's the backstory. And that happens. And God, God is mad at this time. And then Moses is mad. And there's consequences. A lot of about 3000 people die that day because of that idolatry and their rebellionness. And this is Moses praying after that. This is Moses' plea to God. This is Moses saying before God, God, now he, he's talking to God. So what I want us to learn today is how he prays for three things. And maybe in our lives, we can pray for the same thing. And then probably, and because of our heart's condition, probably we'll go before God and we will have at least an idea of what to pray for or how we can, how we can go deeper in relationship with Christ. Okay. You see, my purpose here as I stand is, uh, not to assure you that your life will be fine here on earth. You guys know better than I, I do. You, you, you have better idea about things. I don't. I'm a young man. I, I just want to preach the word of God. But you know, you're, you're, you're better experienced. So I'm not, I, I won't try to tell you how to live your life. What I want to show you is though, how we can grow deeper in relationship with Christ from the scripture. How we can grow deeper in the pursuit of God. Okay, let's read from Exodus chapter 33, verse 12 to 23. This is what it says. Moses said to the Lord, Look, you have told me, lead this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. You said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor with me. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways. He's asking to He's saying, teach me who you are and I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that this nation is your people. And he replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. If your presence does not go, Moses responded, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked, for you have found favor with me, and I know you by name. Then Moses said, Please let me see your glory. He said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you, and I'll proclaim the name, the Lord, before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious, and I'll, be, I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face, for humans cannot see me and live. The Lord said, he is a place near me. You are to stand on the rock, and when my glory passes by, I'll put you in the crevice of the rocks and cover you with my hand until I passed by. Then I will take my hand away, and you will see my back, but my face will not be seen. Let's go to the, uh, go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. We get to sing your songs. We get to be in this beautiful fellowship with this wonderful people here. We get to come and break your word. Oh, Lord, teach us your word today. As I speak, Holy Spirit, that you would speak through me, Lord. Not my will, but thy will be done in this place, Lord. Not my ways, Lord, but your ways be done. Speak through me today, through these verses, through this chapter, through these passages. May we get out of this place 
with this transformative mindset and heart to worship and to desire you more than anything else, O oh Lord. We thank you for this opportunity. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us now into your, into the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. So let's, let's go learn about Moses first. Who is Moses? Moses is a man of God. Right, he had he has played this vital role rescuing the Israelite from the hands of Egyptian from the slavery of three four hundred thirty years, and uh, he, he he was raised in the palace, and you re, we can read his story in the book of Exodus chapter two how he was birthed, and then later in his in his years he abandons the palace and he goes out to live off the grid, and that's where God calls him and say God I mean Moses. You will rescue my people. You will lead my people out of captivity. Despite his reluctancy, because he said, Lord, I can't speak. I can't. I'm not good at it. Find somebody else. Despite him resisting God, God said, God said, will you anger me now? And then he decided to, it's a good idea to follow the creator of the heaven and earth, right? <laughs> it's never a good idea to resist God's will. Obedience is the best way. But he chose as God. He decided to follow God. And now in Numbers 12, 3, we can see that he, he is called the most humble man on the face of the earth. So these are some of the things we can learn about Moses, who's going to lead Israelite out of this captivity. And there are tons of other things we can learn from the life of Moses and about his faith. But for now, what we want to focus is his willingness and absolute dependency on God. So he asked God, these three things that we are going to learn today, three prayers. So I want you to think about those. After I'm done preaching here, go home and think about those, how you can learn, how you can, how you can ask God for the same things. So he prays three prayers from what we read early from that passage. The first prayer is this. Moses wanted to learn God's ways. That's the pursuit of the knowledge of God. Uh, let's read that again. Exodus chapter 33, verse 13. This is what he says. Now, if I have indeed found favor with you, please teach me your ways and I will know you so that I may find favor with you. Now consider that the nation is your people. So since Israelite had committed this shocking sin against God by worshiping this calf, this golden calf, and that has separated God and his people because God doesn't, cannot coexist with, with sin. So, and then this is Moses' plea. He says, yeah, Lord, I know what they did. I know how it grieves you. I know how it grieves your spirit. But please now, I know this can anger you. Teach me your way. How can I know you better, O oh Lord? So put yourself in that position. Would you have asked the same question to God? Do you ask that question to God now? Do we ask God the same question? Lord, every morning, teach me your way. I want to know you. I want to know you, and I want to know you more. The knowledge of God is very important. This is something I want to emphasize, that if you don't know God, you cannot worship Him, because you don't know Him. How, you can, how, how, how will you know what He likes and what He does not like? What He considers idolatry and what He considers blessing? What He considers worship and what He cons considers idolatry? How will you know? We might not know if we don't, uh, we, we might not know the right order of worship if we don't know God. So this is what I want to say is, do you pray for this desire to know him more, to know his word, to know him intimately? Because he is our heavenly father. 
And he desires to know us more. He desires to walk with us, have fellowship with us. And he desires this amazing intimate relationship with him. So this is the first thing I want us to know is, do we desire to know God? Because there's a lot of things going on in this world right now. We have lots of television. We we have a lot of shows on the TV. There are a lot of things. The politics, the, the elections, November is coming up. The elections, we want to know who's going to win. Who's going to be the next president? Who's going to be the next, uh, who's going to win this next sport, sporting event? So we want to know all those things, but with the same passion do, you, do we ever desire to know his ways? So sometimes a lot of believers experience the apathy, apathetic faith, this crisis of faith that says, well, I want to have this faith like hers and his, but I, I don't know how to conjure that faith. I think the reason is you don't know God, don't have that amazing faith is because you don't read the word of God and you don't know God. That my mentor I was talking about earlier, he woke up, he wakes up early in the morning, prays. He, in the evening, he's praying, he's reading the word, he's preaching the word. So he lives in the word. I know him because I have walked with him day and night for about four or five years. And that's why he can have that faith that says, I know God can provide for us. I know God will provide. There's no way God will leave us hanging. So that, the first thing is the pursuit of the knowledge of God. Do we desire to know God? The book of Psalms 119, 105 says this, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So in order to live a righteous life, in order to know God, in order to have this intimate relationship with God, we need to learn and know God. And how can we do that? By reading the Word of God. The Bible, God has given His Word. It's printed. It's available. So we have to day and night meditate on it and then desire to know Him. So that's my first, that's my first uh, point to all of us. And that was first prayer of Moses. He said, Lord, so that we might not commit this grievous sin against you by committing idolatry, teach me now. Teach me. I want to know you. I want to know you. Teach me your ways. We want to do your way. We don't want to do our way because our way is sinful. It is disastrous. It does not lead to any fruitfulness. It is insignificant. But God's way and God's way is the best way. It's the only way. It's, that's the only hope we have. So that's the first lesson we have today is desire above everything else. Desire to know God's word. Desire to know him. Have to have that relationship with him. And the second prayer that Moses prays to God on that day is this. He says, Moses said he wanted, Moses wanted a relationship with God. That's the pursuit of relationship with God. Now, if we read Exodus chapter 32, verse 34, this is what he says. Now go, lead the people to the place I told you about. Before that, I want to back up a little bit. This is what God said to Moses after they sinned against him. This is what God said. Exodus chapter 32-34, one chapter before. This is what he says, God said. Now go lead the people to the place I told you about. See, my angel will go before you. But on the day I settle accounts, I will hold them accountable for their sins. And then again he says, God says, Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, 
But I'll not go up with you because you are a stiff-necked people. Otherwise, I might destroy you on the way. God is saying, I, I don't want to go with you. You see what you've done? I brought you out of Egypt. I've displayed the most um, fantastical, miraculous, and terrific display in Egypt. And still you decided to make your own gods. So I'm not going to go with you because I love you so much. You are, you are my possessions. You are my only possessions. I might destroy you out of jealousy because God is the God of jealousy. He loves us so much. He said that himself. I am a jealous God. I'm jealous for you, Israel. And you can see God's broken heart there. It is not anger. It is sort of anger, but it comes out of God's broken heart. It says, I will not go, otherwise I might destroy you on the way. But then Moses, this is what he says. This is Moses' prayer to God. He said in Exodus 33, 15 to 16, this is what Moses said. If your presence does not go, Moses responded to him, don't make us go up from here. How will it be known that I and your people have found favor with you unless you go with us? I and your people will be distinguished by this from all the other people on the face of the earth. So Moses said, yes, Lord, we have committed a sin against you, but don't make us go alone. We want you to be be with us, go before us, because you have been leading us day and night. Now, don't forsake us. God said, I will not. The angel will lead you to the promised land, to the land that flows milk and honey. But I'm not going to go with you. But angel will lead. So Moses said, Lord, don't make us go. We want you. That's the prayer of Moses. We want you to go with us. If your presence does not go, we will not go. So to us, is Christ everything? Is Christ everything? Or is there another idol that we prefer to go before us? Like a lot of things from this world. So we must question ourselves. Is Christ enough? Is Christ everything for us? Because in the world, there are a lot of things going on. And people make a lot of idols. Sports. Have you seen? Oh my goodness. It's crazy. Every week. <laughs> Last couple of Saturdays ago. The stadium was filled with people. I was driving. Man, there was no way I could escape that <laughs> that road because I was so... We were in the middle of the road, my wife and I. We're trying to turn left. We wanted to get home, but it was so jam-packed. We couldn't go anywhere. And I was like, wow. That's, and then a pastor from Crosspoint, Pastor Scott, told me that about 50,000 people show up for the games. And I'm like, 50,000 and they come from different states. I'm like, wow, would we do that for God? Would we do that for God? How they shout and cheer in the sporting field. Would we do that for God? Like cheering, Lord, you're awesome. You're, you're, you're wonderful. Would we do that? In Nepal, we had a, a sister. He, uh, she was in the choir and I was I was mentoring her, leading her, and teaching her the words of God and all that. Uh, so, and I left in 2016. So I, re I recently heard that she decided to leave the faith, and she decided to marry a guy who was a Hindu and forsake the faith entirely. And then I, I asked my other friends and leaders there, why did she leave? Why did she leave relationship with God? Why did she forsake the faith? And and they said, because she was in love with this guy, and the guy wasn't going to be a Christian, so she decided to 
leave her faith and follow the guy. And then I, my heart broke because I have seen that sister from like, she was five, eight, nine, ten, something like that. I have seen her and she was growing in her faith and co- comes along a guy and she decided to leave everything that she knew about faith and she decided to follow that guy instead of God. And that's a shocking story because we have to stand before God one day. So sadly, many of have many, many in the in that part of the world, many do that. That's a common thing. If they like a guy, they want to marry somebody, they'll just leave the faith. And it's common in America. And my point is, Moses, Moses' outcry was, God, we will not go unless you go with us. We won't go. We won't move. And that is not our cry, sadly, now. In our life, in our marriage, in our relationship, in our everything, unless God, you come and bless this marriage, unless you bless this relationship, unless you bless this business, unless you bless this money and finance, we won't do it. We need to have that kind of faith, that kind of audacity, that kind of boldness to say, God, no, I won't move without you moving. So we need to have this attitude of dependency on God, a complete surrender to God, unconditional surrender to God. It's hard to do it. That's exactly why God sent Holy Spirit. He will help us. He will assist us. But we need to not be self-sufficient, but we need to be dependent on God. And also, it's true, many of us probably in this room too, we are going through this wilderness, this season of wilderness. Only you can see is desert. Only you can see is, and you say, God, where are you? I don't see you in this time. I don't see your hand. So where are you? Lead me, help me, help me. And that might be your outcry right now, and that is okay. Because God is there with you, whether you see it or not, God is there. As I was reading, I was preparing this lesson, I was there in the room, and that's where I like to be alone, and because I want to understand what this means. And I was just crying before the Lord, and I was thinking, many believers, many Christians are going through this wilderness season, this season of desert, there's nothing to see. And then my heart was uh, broken because they decide to, when they don't see the hand of God in their life, they decide to go looking for another hand in the world. Idols, just like Israelite, they went after, they, they made a calf, golden calf to worship because they couldn't see the hand of God. They thought God abandoned them and they thought that Moses abandoned them. Moses probably died up in the Sinai. They thought that and we think that as believers. But I assure you this, God is there. That's why he's called omnipresent. <laughs> he cannot be not there. So God's presence is with all of us. Whatever season you're going through right now, the season of hurt, season of brokenness, season of doesn't matter because God is there. And we need this unconditional surrender, unconditional surrender to God. And that was Moses' prayer. Lord, we will not go unless you go. We will not move unless you move. And that's the second prayer we need to pray in our lives. The first one, again, is saying, God, we want to know you. Teach me your way. Teach me who you are. We want to know you. Reveal yourself to us through the word of God. And the second prayer should be, Lord, we won't do anything unless you are with us. Have that deep relationship with God, absolute dependency on God. It's hard with all the things around us. It's really hard. It's easy for me to say from here. But I want to encourage nonetheless 
You have to have that kind of crazy pursuit, pursuit of God. All right, third prayer that Moses prayed. This is the last one, and we'll be done. And uh, my wife is here today to make sure that I speak the truth, nothing but the truth. <laughs> so she will go, uh, will go home, and she'll tell me if I spoke anything wrong. <laughs> and I'll come next time and apologize to you. <laughs> uh, the Holy Spirit, and sometimes He's there to counsel me. <laughs> when I can't hear the Holy Spirit, she'll be the one I hear. <laughs> I often tell her, I think Holy Spirit speaks to you more because God speaks to you more because you tell me a lot of things that I didn't hear. <laughs> anyway, the third prayer of Moses is this. Moses wanted to see God. The pursuit of, I said, ridiculous, intentional, that's ridiculous, desire to see God. That's sort of ridiculous, right? God, Moses said, I want to see you, God. And like, who dare ask that question? In Exodus chapter 33, verse 17 to 18, this is what Moses said. The Lord answered Moses, I will do this very thing you have asked if you have found favor with me and I know you by, by your name. Then Moses said this, please let me see your glory. And I was thinking, what was Moses thinking? <laughs> because if God is showing up every single day and the, the cloud is there, the flame is there, isn't that enough to terrify us? Like if I see a cloud, there's like dark cloud. And have you thought of this? The why can't you see God? And why, in a lot of instances in the Bible, because God is spirit, first of all, a lot of instances in the Bible, God comes as a wind. He comes as a, as, as a, as this cloud, like in the day of Pentecostal, how he appeared. I think the reason is if you, if we do see God, just like God said, you will not see and live. And most of the time, God is spirit. He is not like us with hands and, I mean, except Jesus. Jesus is the perfect image of God in the body, in the flesh. But we don't see God in the, in the Old Testament because God is the spirit. And only we see, we have, we're told like uh, to Abraham, when Abraham was, uh, somebody appeared to Abraham, angel appeared. That might be Jesus or that might be angel. I do not know. But God appears in this glory. And then Moses' outcry is, let me see your glory. Like, let me see you. And I was thinking, can, can you imagine that? Can you imagine you saying, you standing there, God, I want to see you. Well, probably you have in your prayers. I have. I have told God I want to see you. But I, don't, I, I have never realized the, the heaviness and the audacity of that question. How, if you see God, how can you sustain and yourself? How can you live? It's going to happen like it happened to Isaiah. Isaiah was lifted up and he, he goes in the presence of God and he says, before that he has been telling Israelite, you sinners, you have done this and that. But then he sees God and he said, oh my goodness, I am a sinner. I am undone. That's what Isaiah says. Because this is what God said. I will cause my goodness to pass in front of you and I'll proclaim the name the Lord before you. I'll be gracious to whom I'll be gracious and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. But he added, you cannot see my face for humans cannot see me and live. So this is God saying, you, you, you want to see me? An interesting thing is God does not rebuke Moses. He's saying, how dare you say that? How dare you ask that question? He doesn't say that. He says, you can't live if you see me. But my point from this is the desire Moses had 
maybe not the desire to see him, but we should have that similar desire of wanting to be with Jesus, wanting to be with God. We should have this ridiculous pursuit of God that that's crazy to the world. And the world looks at you and says, how, why, how could you ask that question? How could you be in so much love with God? God's indirect presence was so frightening. How much more it's God's actual presence would be. So that's why I probably would be dead. If God shows up now, his glory is so immense, we'll, be, we'll all be dead. But my point is this. Do you desire God that deeply like Moses desired? Whether we see, we will see God one day, just like he is. We'll see in the presence, we'll be in his presence, we'll be in heaven, and we'll see him in glory. And we'll, we'll be given some ability to be able to withstand that glory at this time. But we'll see him. But right now in this world, do we have this desire to see God, to know God, to love him, to be satisfied in him, to have this unconditional desire to serve him? Just like Moses cried out before God and he pleaded God, I want to see you. I want to have this relationship that no one has. Do we have that kind of desire, that kind of desire? So again, I question all of us. Is there anything else that takes the position of God or God is our first priority? What is our first priority? Is that God or is that the world? Do we desire to see him every single day? We say, Lord, maybe not physically, but through the word of God, Lord, show me who you are. Show me. I want to know you. I want to know you. Do we have that desire? So now I'll wrap up. Let me recap three points that we talked about. The first thing Moses says is, Lord, I want to know you. Teach me your word. Teach me who you are. And the second thing he says is, Lord, I want to. We will not go unless you go. I want to have that relationship, that desire, that I want to walk in your presence. And the third thing he says is, Lord, I want to see you. But we want to see God through the word of through the scriptures, through the word of God. We want to know him that deeply. We want to have that pursuit of God. So I want to encourage in the end to all of us, before I pray, I want to encourage all of us that may we walk with Jesus in such a way that the world will look at you and say, you are crazy. (laughs) And probably some of you might have heard that because your faith is so deep. And so God's love is so immense in your life. God is so gracious to all of us. God has been so it's so kind and compassionate. We, we want to just love him. We just, just want to be with him. We just want to fellowship with him day and night. And we pray throughout the day as we do drive or do whatever we do, we should have that kind of life. Christianity should not be coming to church and going home and then done. No, Christianity should be a lifestyle. It should be our daily thing. We pray throughout the day. We just pray for other people, pray for God. I pray for God to bless us in a way that would know him more, not materialistically, because Matthew 6, 33, it says, yes, everything um, like seek first the kingdom of God and everything else be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. So I want to encourage all of us to have this desire and this drive to know God more. Nothing but know God more. And last week, last, last week, we talked about the pursuit of eternity and that this blends in pretty well. Because if you know him now and if you have that desire, then we will 
be with him one day and the desire will not be any less, but it will just keep growing. And we'll have this, we'll, we'll be able to pursue God for infinity, infinity and infinity times, millions of years. So I want to encourage all of us, just like Moses prayed these three prayers, may we pray that too. May we know him. May we know him. And have that pursuit, have that desire. That's all I'd like to say. Let's pray. Let's pray that we would have the same desire to serve God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much this this wonderful morning. Lord, I pray that our thoughts are not the same after this message. I pray that our desire would be, Lord, would, would be increased to know you, our pursuit of you would be more deeper than before. Oh Lord, I pray that we would also have this, we'd also desire this, what uh, Moses prayed, the desire to know you more, the desire to have a great deep relationship with you, the desire to see you every single day and desire to be with you every single day, oh Lord, and walk with you in your presence, oh Lord. Teach us that. Thank you, Father. You are with us today. You, thank you for your word. Thank you for these wonderful people. I pray your blessings over them, O Lord, as though they go in and out. Lord, you'd be with them, walking with them, teaching them and uh, supplying their needs. O Lord, Father, I pray that you'd answer the prayers today and everything that we did, everything that we do. May, may all of these things be glorifying and honoring to you, Lord. We love you. We thank you so much this evening and this morning, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.